This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener. You know where to do it. Patreon.com slash Bullshit Breakaway. A lot of activity over the past week. Can't imagine why. Big show today. Talk about the disaster that is Pavel Buchnevich's trade. We talk about the draft with our friend Drew Way. We talk about all things Chris Drury and how he's handled the first couple weeks. But of course, before we get to that, thank you so much for supporting. Thank you so much for listening. A lot of cursing on this episode. So if you are a child out there, um, maybe you don't listen because... There are some nasty words said, and uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back on later this week on Wednesday after the free agents for Patreon.com. We'll be doing the BSBOT there. So let's get to Mark Messier, and then we'll get to a jam-packed show. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of Patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway. You can support this great podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Mm. All right, big, I have a good... Big, big day. Mm-hmm. Big week. I've got a good first segment. There's been a lot of news that comes out. So yeah. we'll go through it. Rit- Dick Mountain. Right, Dick Mountain to, to the Mets. And um, I think it's important. And there's only 82 of these, so we can go through them quick. But let's do wins and losses of the schedule. Okay, dog. Uh, October 13th <laughs> at the Capitals. That's oh. a win. That's a win. <laughs> Tom Wilson? <laughs> no way. Home opener. The Stars. Oh, my God. If they sign <laughs> Nick Ritchie, I swear to Christ. <laughs> I really do. Like, there are a lot of things that test my patience. I know. Um, Nick Ritchie can play, but, one... but it's not about that. No. He just sucks as, like, a person. But not even... Not even, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there is something in his past that makes him the same kind of dislike I have had for Trevor Bauer before the Mets signed him. But he's just unrootable. He's one of those few guys where if the Rangers sign him, I'd be like, I, do I really have to? People are probably asking, is, is this a people. legit rumor? It is not. Uh, Mr. Click King himself tweeted out um, when Nick Ritchie was not qualified by the Boston Bruins. Wouldn't that be interesting for Broadway or, or something of that ilk? So that is not on our top 10 list right now of things that are going on. So hmm. I hope we have a top 10 list. Well, I, I did. I have, I had not a top 10 list, but I will say the Bush Nevis trade happened on a day in NHL history where I believe, and somehow, and I cannot believe this is possible. The Bush Nevis trade was like the eighth worst thing to happen in the NHL that day. Well, was it's, it? a, it's, a, it's kind of different, right? Because the Bush Nevis trade was the one trade where the team got too little for what they were giving up. Whereas every other Agreed. trade, it was some team getting way more than they should have gotten for a certain player. I've been surprised about a lot of things about the Bujnevich trade. Of course, I was raw, emotional, and hurt, just like everybody else out there listening to this now. If you listen to this podcast, that you probably felt that way. Or you hated Bujnevich and you wanted him gone for some reason because he was soft or some shit. I don't know. Uh but I've read a lot of reactions, well, one from Dan Rosen, so I don't really talk about it, but one from Justin Bourne, who I genuinely like. He was like, this is a trade that makes sense for both teams. I was like, no, it made sense for St. Louis, and the Rangers offered it. Like, that's the craziest part about this whole thing, Greg, is that the Rangers pointedly, they they went out and found, they were like, what about this? And, and Armstrong, the GM of the St. Louis Blues, was like, oh, uh, yeah, I have to do this. Like, this guy's really good. But meanwhile, Ristolainen, Seth Jones... They were they have, the returns are massive, and those have massive implications on trading for Eichel, and and, and all that. So we can go all through it, but let's stick on Booch for now. Uh, 
I, I would call it egregious. I would call it a disaster. I would call it a stain on Drury's resume right away. Uh, just a nasty coffee stain. And there are a lot of things that Chris Drury is doing that I enjoy. I like. I like. Uh, there are some things I can see why he's doing that. But the Buchnevich thing is unforgivable, I think, on, on almost every aspect of it. Well, Justin, Justin Bourne doesn't need me to defend him. But in a way, he's not wrong. It, it, it's a trade that makes sense from the I understand why the Rangers traded Pavel Buchnevich sense, right? We knew the Rangers wanted to move someone out from the top six. We knew they weren't going to trade Panarin. They weren't going to trade Lafreniere. They weren't going to trade Kako. That leaves yep. you one winger. One person. We knew the Rangers were uncomfortable going long-term with Buchnevich. And while Buchnevich is exactly the kind of player a playoff team would want, which is why the St. Louis Blues acquired him, you you saw the, the pudding as clear as day that the Rangers, it got to a point where it seemed like Pavel Buchnevich was going to be moved. I understand that. And I even understand the aspect of getting Sammy Blaze in this trade, a guy who the Rangers clearly value for what he can do further down in the lineup in a reduced role, a guy who won't take time away from the younger players the Rangers are trying to. Um, Cost control, 1.5 million. Yeah, but the, the younger players the Rangers are trying to promote in their lineup. Mm-hmm. They, he's He's not actively bad like if he's the kind of guy you're trying to model your t- your bottom six after it's the right it's the right frame of mind at least the problem with the Buchnevich trade and we like listen I understand if you listen to this podcast you understand that Ryan and I are both big Buchnevich fans we Huge. don't like it when one of our favorite players gets traded no it it, it's not a fun day but at the same time both of us would have told you like boy this sucks on a personal level but the deal made sense if it made sense. We are not – there are some people out there that are like, oh, all these, all these softies on Rangers Twitter that are upset because the Rangers traded Buchnevich, their beloved Russian, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I, I – sh- first of all, shut the fuck up. Second of all, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. Third of all – Wow, really? That, it's, not, it's not that. I, I honestly – I 100% understood Pavel Buchnevich was leaving. I understood the scenarios in which it made sense to do. You and I are huge asset management boys. Like, I think that disgustingly that probably, so, Greg. Disgustingly yeah, so. I would say this podcast only exists because we are asset boys. First and foremost, you go back. We we I, there were times when I was talking about moving. <laughs> I Chris think what Ryder. you're trying to say is we're asset men. That's yeah, we were. We we love a good asset when we see it. <laughs> this is just horrific. Twenty-one, everyone. Asset management. It's oh, that terrible. simple. You look at it, look at it from any look at it from any angle. The angle of which the Rangers said it's a salary dump move. So that's why they only got a second and a bottom six forward for him. Just factually incorrect. I understand not extending him. I do. But you could have played the one year contract game. He ain't getting if he gets offer sheeted, you know what you get that's more valuable than a second round bottom six forward? Assets. I challenge some team to offer sheet Pavel Buchnevich because he wouldn't have accepted one for less than six million dollars and that would have netted the Rangers a better package than what they got in this trade that's for sure if you wanted to play if you want to play the one-year game with Pavel Buchnevich first of all very good hockey player if your goal is to make a playoff push this year you'd rather have a Pavel Buchnevich as opposed to not having a Pavel Buchnevich and then if you all of a sudden get disenfranchised the year's not going as you thought 
guess who's a valuable trade asset at the trade deadline? And you literally just played this playbook two, three years ago with a guy by the name of Kevin Hayes, who netted you a first-round pick and a bottom six forward. The fact so that Kevin like, Hayes netted like almost more is sickening. Or definitely what do you mean, more. Almost more. He definitely did net, more. He Nick did Hol- more. The Nick Holden trade is almost equivalent to the Buchnevich trade, which just blows my mind. When Ryan, Ryan, right, the Rangers gave up more to move Mark Stahl than they did by trading Pavel Buchnevich. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else you want me to do. Buchnevich, like, I, I talk, you know, I, I don't shut the hell up. I think you know this. Both of us are big not shut the hell up boys. We both love it. Whoa. I know. Wow. And I spoke to so many people around the league. I'm not trying to uh, Friedman this, but I just, I was like, hey, can, can you try and make sense of this for me? I, I just don't understand. And it seems that Puchnevich didn't have, like, the perceived value, which goes back to the NHL as a dumb league kind of argument, which we will talk about extensively, I'm sure, at some point in this podcast. But I don't know how you could look at Seth Jones. You could look at Ristolainen, who was terrible in Buffalo. Absolutely garbage. I look at For the years. Red, yeah, I look at the red boxes, and they're very bad, and they say 1%, which I'm pretty sure, and I'm not an analyst guy, says that's terrible. Cool. So when... When somebody who I, I, I like and I'm talking to goes, hey, I think Russell Liner just really needed a change of scenery. What are you talking about? That guy is garbageio. And then all of a sudden, the Flyers, the Flyers, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, that shit is good. Um, the Flyers give up a first and a second for Russell Liner. And uh, I, listen, I know Chris Jordan was shopping Butchevich for weeks. Brooks reported it. Carp reported it. Vince reported it. We heard it everywhere. They were shopping him since... May, they were like, hey, who wants Buchnevich? And the best thing they could find was a deal that St. Louis couldn't say no to. So is it just that the NHL isn't valuing Buchnevich? I mean, clearly you should have waited. Clearly you should have forced him into a one-year deal, traded him at the deadline, found another way. You could have waited till late August. There were, there were plenty of ways to do this. No doubt about it. But in this situation, well, what I just I think it could be that the league doesn't value Buchnevich the way they should. And maybe maybe that's just the NHL being as dumb as it always is. It's a very dumb league, as I've said, I don't know, countless times. Literally every week. Yeah. <laughs> I will – I'll also – another part of this that is super confusing to me is Dr- Drury immediately comes out and says, listen, we can't pay everybody. There has to be some financial implications to this deal that we needed to take into consideration. To which I say, Ryan, again, what considerations for this year specifically? I understand if you're extending Mika Zibanejad, the extension kicks in. Next year. If you're extending Adam Fox, the extension kicks in next year. Next year. I understand Igor Shosturkin needs to get paid this year. I understand that Philip Heedle needs to get paid this year. I understand that you need to replace or pay Ryan Strom this year and next year. I get that. Next year, the Rangers probably would have a very hard time finding room for Pavel Buchnevich when it comes to the fact that, again, they have at least three wingers they like more than him, mm-hmm. and they're already paying Chris Kreider. That's all fine and good. But for this season, again, if you just go the one-year route with Pavel Buchnevich, which the Rangers have done with the other restricted free agents they had during the rebuild, and again, you go the one-year route with Pavel Buchnevich when you're trying to make the playoffs, and he was your most complete forward, not just winger, forward last season, so he is a piece that could help you make the playoffs. It's just... Yes. Does it push the buck further down the road? Absolutely. 
Does it resolve some of the issues the Rangers have in terms of maximizing Pavel Buchnevich's value? Absolutely. But I got to tell you, if all you were going to get in a trade for Pavel Buchnevich was a second round pick and a bottom six forward, I would have been totally fine with just letting him walk as a free agent. I think that's fair business and good business. That's fine. You would have upped your chance. That's the Keith Yandel argument that you used to make with me. You you were making a shot at making the playoffs and making impactful yeah, moments I, in I, your I do, franchise. Yeah, and I, I feel this way. I, this is largely how I feel, and, I, and don't even get me started on Met fans thinking that Brett Beatty is the fucking greatest prospect that's ever happened to the fucking organization. Bro, Wander Franco, I'm a Rays fan. Like, he's up in the major leagues. You know what he's not doing? <laughs> Hitting. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's it's – Listen, there are times where the, the entire point of this, the end game is to win, right? That is the, the whole, whole point, point of this. The whole point of why we it's do this, Greg, is so I can win a cup and we can stop podcasting. That's yeah, the whole point. But it, it's not – I understand that there needs to be consideration for not just winning this year but winning in 2024. But if you legitimately – and the Rangers, again, whether the Rangers are correct or wrong in their assessment, they feel like they're ready to take the next leap. So there are certain times when you feel like you're in your contention window that it's just okay – to acquire good players or keep good players and maybe let them walk as free agents. That's fine. That's how I feel. Like, this National League East season will never happen again for the New York Mets. So if it costs them a top prospect to go out and get a Chris Bryan and a Craig Kimbrell, do it! Because the whole point of having those prospects is to win a fucking championship. That, that, that's the whole thing. So that's my point with Pavel Buchnevich. The Rangers, whether we agree or disagree, Ryan, the Rangers are convinced they are ready to compete. They are making these moves. That's why you give Barclay Goodrow six years. That's why you want players. You don't do that like unless Sammy you think Blaise. you could win. Clearly. You don't. You don't do it. Speaking of winning, the Mets sure didn't. They just lost to the fucking Braves. <laughs> Everything is great. But anyway, the, like if, if the Rangers feel like they are that close to contending, then you keep Pavel Buchnevich for the one year and you say, well, shit. Thank you for the other extra year of service. We'll see you later. Unless, Ryan... The Rangers have a big money move that they want to make this year. And we are now far along down this Jack Eichel path. Oh, my God. Where we are pretty convinced the big money move is not Jack Eichel. To which I then ask, what if the if we're talking cap? Yeah, what is it? What is it? Has to be, if you don't have money to give Pavel Buchnevich $5.5 million for one year, that's because that $5.5 million for this one year is going somewhere else. To which I ask, where the fuck is it going? Who are you giving this kind of money to? Don't tell me it's Evgeny Kuznetsov. That doesn't make any sense. Don't tell me it's going to be Philip Deneau as a free agent. That doesn't make any sense. And I got to tell you, Christian Dvorak, if that's the trade you want to make, he's only making four and a half. So I, I I don't know how the Rangers were like, listen, we don't have in our budget $6 million to pay one guy for one year. To which I say, okay. How don't you? The fuck are you doing this year? This, and I don't want to oh, hear man. that they need to keep cap space open to make an acquisition sometime in season. Bullshit. The only reason you would make an acquisition on this team in season is if someone gets hurt. And if someone gets hurt, you want to add someone like Palabuchnevich. Just did? Yeah. <laughs> did you see what the Lightning just did? It's called long-term injured reserve. It's called That's what you do to open up cap space. It's the best. I, my man, I just, when you're a team like this, I, I'm glad you mentioned Philip Deneau. Uh, and, and all these other these other names. The Jack Eichel saga went over the weekend. You and I recorded a BFBOT for our Patreon last week. 
We said, likely Jack Eichel. I cannot see a situation where he's not on another team at the end of Friday. Boy, were we wrong. Also, we were wrong about the Rangers using their first overall draft pick. Seems that the Rangers and Eichel are extremely far apart. They are. They, they won't offer Schneider. They won't over, offer Niels Lundqvist. Kako was floated as an idea by Vince. And he got ratioed in a way I've never seen before uh, on Twitter.com. And I love Vince. And it's just, when do you, when do you use your assets? It, it seems like it should be now. If you're holding back on not trading one of Schneider and Niels, and it's just one of them, now I'm extra confused. because, And I do know we had someone tell us, and I think this person was might even be on this podcast later. I'm not really sure. Um, Drew, that is. Uh, say that it feels like they might be lowering the package elsewhere if, not, if Schneider or Niels are, are included. And Buffalo's been on this same package forever. They want the first equivalent of four first-round picks. So whether that's Niels, two first-round picks in the future, and then one other, maybe like Heedle, that's probably what they want. Maybe that's the package. But if that's the package that's going to get you Jack Eichel and your plan, which, again, Larry Brooks came out over the weekend and said, I don't think the plan is to keep both Eichel and Mika, which Vince today said himself, I've been told, or sources close to USA Today have said, the plan would be tight, but it's to have a tandem of Eichel and Mika and the role players in the bottom. Well, I don't know what's true. I don't know. I think you should be paying that price for Jack Eichel, who I think is now criminally underrated and has become villainized uh, in, in Rangers Twitter. And and he should be. It's not his fault that he's going through all this. I mean, he is trying to force his way out, so maybe it is his fault. But if you're a Ranger fan out there, I'm, I'm sick of it. I know you're sick of it, Greg. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Just get the trade done one way or another, whether it's Minnesota, whether it's the Rangers, who are apparently not even close in this situation. Get it done and let's move forward. But if it's not Jack Eichel, Greg, I don't know who it is. I don't know what the backup plan is, and whatever the backup plan is, it certainly doesn't feel like a, oh, now we're a cup team move. Yeah, I that last point, very important. But again, not, not to make everything about the New York Mets, but I have a brand that I need to keep up here. Very important. This is why I literally want to strangle every Mets fan that's ever existed on the entire app of Twitter.com. The Mets have three third basemen of the future. They have Beatty, they have Mauricio, they have Vientos. Trade whichever one that an opposing team wants to get your guy – because I got news for you. Can't play three third basemen at the same time. The Mets have tried. They can't do it. That's how I feel about Niels Lundqvist and Braden Schneider. You don't want to trade both of them. That's great. Trade the other one. You can't have four right-handed defensemen in a three right-handed defenseman system. So whichever one you don't want, and it's starting to look like with the Patrick Nemeth signing coming up, that it's going to be Niels Lundqvist that is going to stay here, which is good, by the way. Good yeah, player. We're, we're a big, Just I've wanted we're to a big Niels him. fan. I wanted to trade him because he's a really good player. And that is part of, you got to get to give, apparently. We understood the Sabres were dumb. I think we misinterpreted maybe how dumb the New York Rangers are. You are, you're forgetting Jack Eichel and you have four right-handed defensemen. All right, so trade one of them. Let's say Schneider in this instance. Fine. By the way, you're also getting Jack Eichel. So Philip Heedle, not exactly the most important piece you need anymore. And we've heard how many times now, Ryan, that the New York Rangers don't want skilled players in their bottom six. So if you're getting Jack Eichel, Philip Heedle, a skilled player, is either playing wing or is not or is not on the New York Rangers. You can trade him too. Trade as many first-round draft picks as you want for Jack Eichel. I would trade two in 2022 and 2024. I would even make the 2024 one conditional on Jack Eichel. I don't know, playing hockey. And then <laughs> if, I don't know, being healthy. Yeah. And then again, the skills players in the bottom six. All right. So the Rangers have four wingers right now: Lafreniere, Kako. Kreider and Panarin. They also have a fifth winger by the name of Vitaly Kravtsov. 
They've already said that Chris Kreider, again, they don't really want to play him in the bottom six, so much so that they want to move Alexi Lafreniere to the right, yes, which sir. again means Vitaly Kravtsov is not in your top six. So why is he here? You're telling me a trade of Schneider, Kravtsov, Heedel, and two first-round picks doesn't get you Jack Eichel? It's And if the Rangers are like, well, we don't want to pay that price, these players, you don't want to play them in the role that they're going to play if they're here. Those are the... That is Chris Drury. That is his words. He doesn't want those type of players on his third line. So if Filipino and Vitaly Kravtsov aren't in your on your third line, where the fuck are they playing? <laughs> and if Chris Kreider has to be True. in the top six and you move Vitaly Kravtsov over to the right-hand side, I ask again, how many fucking players are you playing in the top six? Are the Rangers going to do this crazy thing where they have three lines, a first line, a second line, a fourth line, and then extra players that they're just going to work into the lineup throughout the evening, but they're not going to call it a line because they can't play in the bottom nine. Like I'm legitimately confused. And again, we know that they are, they are dangling strong so much. It's that never ridiculous. has it seemed more apparent. He will not be a New York Ranger, which means the Rangers, unless you're going to tell me an organization that hasn't even committed the Filipino being a center and continue to talk about him as possibly a winger, is all of a sudden going to be like, by the way, Philip Heedle is our number two center. Which, again, fine, I'll roll that dice, but I have to ask one more time, where the fuck are you spending this money that you <laughs> couldn't pay Pavel Buchnevich for a year? So it's I, true, because Strom's going out, and you know he's, yeah. he's not going to get something like Ryan Reeves back or something like that. You know that's I, the case. I just, I don't, like, if the, if the Rangers, as far as we've been told are in this just unbelievable cap situation when they already have currently, as of today, about $16 million left to spend. And again, Zabanajad's money starts next year. Adam Fox's money starts next year. They're like The money the Rangers are spending this year, I understand we didn't want to pay Barclay Goodrow $3.5 million, and I understand that Patrick Nemeth is going to get about $2.5 million. The Rangers, again, had $24 million in cap space. So it sounds like they still have 16 to $17 million in cap space that they claim they can't spend because they're up against it. I don't know what crack that the New York Rangers are smoking, but it seems fun, and I would like to try it. I want some. That's what I keep saying. And, and I want to I want to give Chris Story some credit because the Lord knows nobody else will this weekend. Um and you're probably you might be right to do that, but I think I think the name of the signing was good. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I I enjoy the idea of the bottom six role players situation. And maybe you yeah, that, may, maybe you'll disagree with me, but I no, I, no, I agree. No, I'm totally fine because the way the Rangers are doing it too, Ryan, is where they are acquiring guys that might actually also be good. They're good. They're not just getting and, and plebs. You can't uh, listen. And I know. Please do not scapegoat these guys right away. And I know you're going to out there, but like Sammy Blay and then also Goodrow, like they're going to be fun to root for. Like they're going to be, they're better than just like guys you pick off off of the street. They're good. They're good. They are, for they sure. are both better and more important to the long-term future of the New York Rangers than Brett Howden. Not even close. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Not even a close. So that makes you tougher to play against. And I, and I, I agree with Drury's assessment of this. You and I watched the Rangers a lot last year. David Quinn had a hard time finding the appropriate spot for people who were skill players. They really did. We, there were the, the, the dreaded night of Lafreniere playing 12 minutes, the Kako Knights of playing 15 minutes or less, and people freaking out because there were better players in the top six. Well, these bottom line role players know their role. It's the Bill Belichick model of do your job. 
And I don't mind the philosophy of going into do your job. I mind the philosophy of giving one of the do your job guys six years. I mind that. I mind trading one of your star wingers for one of the do your job guys and a 20, 2022 over a second second round pick, which could be probably equated to a first round pick in this year's draft if you want to look at it so flowery like that. No, because again, that pick's going to, the best case scenario is the Blues miss the playoffs, but even if they, the Blues aren't going to be I'm just talking about the talent pool in 2022. That is it. Still, you're talking about a pick that's going to be outside the top 50. And while this upcoming draft is going to be great, I don't think there are 50 first round talents the next year draft. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. I don't know enough. Maybe we can ask Drew when he comes on. In then a then again, Atu Roddy went what? 51st 50, this year? 54 to the Islanders. Uh, great. Just wonderful. I, I'm Islanders, not a prospect man. guy. They have it so hard. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I mean. I don't even know the names of most of them except for the first round pick. We'll talk to Drew about that in a couple of minutes uh, and how he feels about the draft and all that. But this brings us back to Jack Eichel, uh, which it always seemingly does. Actually, before we bring in Drew, I got to make up another point. Because again, no, we got time. Chris Drury did a lot of dumb things. Okay. A lot of dumb things. One of them, again, part of the reason it sounds like we took Offman, whatever his name is, is because he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a piece of shit to play against, which is fine. But it also sounds like he's not necessarily that far away from being an impact in the NHL. To which, again, I have to ask, the New York Rangers just hired a coach who says, I can't develop people basically in my bottom six. And again, the New York Rangers, a team drunk on wingers, so much so that they just traded their best winger for a less good winger and a less good draft pick. So you're going to tell me, Ryan, you're going to fucking tell me that the New York Rangers not only had to keep their first round pick this year, a pick that you and I literally didn't do a draft preview episode we, we because did. we were convinced e -crow, that that e -crow. pick was not yeah. it cost me a hundred dollars it did uh, when they made that pick but you're going to tell me not only are you going to keep the pick you should have traded but you're going to take a fucking left winger he can play the right every, every, trust me so many five more years so many people told me for his entire fucking life so many people told me he could play the right side i was like all right cool great okay cool so again you're gonna take a right fucking winger <laughs> when you apparently have capo caco forever and you just traded pavel buchnevich because you're telling me that vitaly krasov is the second and, coming of jesus and christ if you're out there you're saying you always take the best talent available we do I say agree. That. We do. I agree. We do agree, and we do say that. And if they believe that's the best talent, they should be taking that. That's why they took Schneider. They believed he was the best talent. They believed it so much they traded up to do it. And look, they were rewarded for the first year. It's not like Schneider did anything to hurt his prospect stock. It's still extremely high. He won every single award, and hockey guys love him. And if you know anything about tough hockey guys, they get traded for a lot of pieces. And if Schneider becomes I, that, that's it. But listen, it. It, not, neither of us, Ryan, neither of us are forgiving the absolute botch job that the Buffalo Sabres have done here. While the Sabres do should get credit for the wrist aligning trade, no idea what the fuck Philly's smoking. Don't want any of that. Seems terrible. And they should get credit for some of what they did with Sam, um, with Reinhardt, mm -hmm. getting a first-round pick in next year's draft, which, again, seems loaded, even though it's a top-10 protected pick. Loaded enough draft where you want as many first-round picks where you can – Take that pick and your pick and move up as far as you want. Mm -hmm. That seems great and good. But when Jack Eichel's agent is out there saying, my client is not going back to Buffalo, and you don't trade Jack Eichel in a draft year in which you say you love guys more than every other team in this draft, what in God's fuck are you doing? That's dumb. But again, if you're Chris Drury and you have a mandate 
And I don't care if people say that he, as many times as he wants to go out in front of people and say it's not a mandate that he needs to make the playoffs. The only reason why Chris Drury has a job is because James Dolan was upset that the Rangers didn't make the playoffs last year. And got handled so by two teams in a row when yep. he was in the building yep. one night. They opened the building. He was like, wow, we're opening MSG. I want to be there. I went to that game too. The Islanders crushed the Rangers. And then Tom Wilson destroys their whole franchise. Yes. But you're going to tell me that guy who says he was angry about how those games went and that they didn't make the playoffs is all of a sudden going to be cool if the New York Rangers continue to not make the playoffs. Doesn't seem and like you it. have a glaring hole that you have said exists in your top six. A hole, by the way, that you made bigger by trading away Pavel Buchnevich, and you are not going to use that asset to go out and get a piece, whether you and Ryan, whether you and I agree with that piece is helpful. But Drury would think that piece is helpful, and he had an asset that he could use to go get that piece. And not only does he not use it, he takes a position, maybe arguably the one position the New York Rangers just don't need more help with. That's true. And that's how you're going to explain fucking Friday night. That's true. There's a lot more to explain on Friday night because the NHL was a disaster. But I want I want to touch on Deneau real quick because I just there were there were, the rumors are out there. He's a free agent. It seems like the Rangers have interest. If you sign Deneau to like five six years, that takes you out obviously of the Eichel everything uh, on Wednesday. And I don't know how long free agency is going to go for hockey uh, or how many. Usually it's the first day. <laughs> usually it's the first hour. Yeah, usually it's the first hour. There are deals done. There have been no rumors uh, about the no really connected to the Rangers. It seems like Drury's pretty locked up still in this case. He, they might look at him, but I don't know if, and maybe you feel differently. I know Dano is like this magical, wonderful de- face-off master and a defensive wizard, as most people call him. But I don't know if like the improvement from Strom to Dano is enough to where it brings you to the the cup team you think you're going to be now. Yeah, you'll be strong defensively in your second line. Maybe you could just ask Artemi Panarin to score every single goal. Maybe that'll be the case. But I'm not sure he's way mu- he's so much better than Strom that I want to just give him the money instead. Well, I will say this. If the goal is to look more like the Islanders, I don't know if a player exists that you could sign and replace Ryan Strom with. That would definitely make the middle of your team more... Islandery? Islander-relatable. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I just... I, I don't know how you feel, Ryan. I think the New York Rangers will have a solution to who they want playing in their top six by Thursday afternoon. Because... I don't think the if the Rangers miss on Deneau, they have to make a trade that they either don't want to make or that they've been waiting to make just to see how they can do in the Deneau sweepstakes. I respect Dre for waiting. Honestly, I do. Uh, this is but, really important. But do you, but. I don't. If Deneau doesn't come to New York, which again, we, you and I, have not seen any rumors that legitimately connect him to New York, but we're at some point you just have to fit the square pegs where That's they go exactly on correct so if it's not to know and the rangers what we do know are very committed to moving ryan strong which means they have a hole at center the freeman just just aside freeman put out a trade like a recapping the weekend article and he in his trade part he had two names and only of, of those two names one of them was ryan strong he was like seattle vegas or somewhere else he's going. That's it. Yeah. So if Friedman's writing about it, it's very well known that there are no secrets in hockey. It's the dumbest sport, not just in terms of management, 
but also insider. Frank Saravelli, you're back on my shit list. You had, <laughs> Frank you had crushed that one it. day where you did great. Crushed it. And then man. you immediately that was it immediately was like, oh, by the way, I guess I got, he probably got yelled at by Batman or something. Something. Or like, can't can't break yeah. this. Hockey but if it's Ryan, if it's not Dino, there isn't another free agent out there that really makes you think. No. So if it's not him, it has to be a trade. And if it has to be a trade, at some point other teams understand that you have to make a move too. I don't. And Drury's going to lose his leverage. I don't know what the the other center trade is. We like I you know we've heard Bo Horvat. That's not happening. Uh, we've heard Thomas Hurdle. We've uh, maybe that's something that gets discussed. I have no idea uh, where they go for but this. But again, Hurdle. Uh, but Hurdle just puts you in a different Buchnevich situation, right? Because he's a restri- unrestricted free agent after next season. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, I have to look at it from a. If they understand this multi-year cap conundrum as well as they say they do, so much so that they don't want to keep one of their own players on a one-year deal, then whoever they are acquiring is getting multiple years of team control. And there aren't that many guys available who fit that billing. Again, Deneau's a free agent, so you get to decide how many years you want him. Kuznetsov has three years left on his deal. Eichel has five years left on his deal. As soon as you get past those two, I think Dvorak also has three, two or three years left on his deal. After those three, I don't know what player you are allowing to complicate your long-term cap window, so much so that, again, you didn't go out and actively get more for Pavel Buchnevich or simply just keep him for the one year. It, it, it just, that, that to me... They have made it clear that there is a move that they are going to make that is going to be for multiple years and going to be significant enough that it's going to impact their top six, that they're not going to have Strom or Buchnevich back, and there's going to be a player that fills that void. I don't believe that player is on the Rangers currently because that is not how they have set this up for us to believe. So then they are acquiring a player that will have a multi-year commitment at a fairly significant cap hit, whether it's $10 million, $6 million, Four and a half million dollars. We don't know, but it's going to be so much that the Rangers are like, well, we have to do the math, not just for this year, but for the years in the future. Who the fuck is that player if it ain't Jack Eichel? And if it ain't Philip Deneau? And if it ain't Evgeny Kuznetsov? You've run out of options. It is. Let me ask you one question because I'm, I'm very, very curious as to what you think about this. A couple months. I would trade Brett Beatty tomorrow for <laughs> Me too, buddy. Uh, Max Scherzer, Rays are interested, by the way. Buckle up. Um, so, paying that contract. <laughs> not the race, that's for sure. Um, a couple months ago on the show, we had Larry Brooks on. Hoping to do that one day soon again when the season gets closer. Uh, you mentioned a name in Matthew Tuchuk. I sure did. A name that we haven't really heard much since. Who has, there was a rumor one night that he wanted out of Calgary. Do you think the Rangers have any interest still? I know he's not a center. I'm aware of this. Mm-hmm. But he fits everything that we're looking for. It's a name that's kind of flown under, under the radar for a couple months here, and it's at least worth discussing for under 30 seconds. The, way, the reason I'm going to say no is mostly because, again, it seems clear the Rangers are moving on from Ryan Strom. To which I don't think there's a way you can acquire Kachuk without including Hedl and Kravtsov in it similar to Eichel. So if he, if Heedle's not here and Strom isn't here, there's no way Barclay Goodrow is here to be the Rangers' number two center. It ain't happening. I just, I don't know how, 
again, like you just you have to think of it from the Rangers feel like they have a cap conundrum on their hands. So whatever money is left that is unclaimed, they've signed a, a, a bottom three pairing defenseman. They've signed a defensively responsible bottom six player. They've added another defensively responsible six, a bottom six player in a trade. And they feel confident that their top six wingers are currently on this team. So much so that, again, we've been told that they don't want Chris Kreider playing on their third line. So I just, I don't know how you fit Kachuk and a center in. If there weren't Ryan Strom trade rumors, I could see it. The answer, the answer saying, is unfortunately trading Kapokako in that situation. But yes. Yes, that, that's what it would be. Possible. I just not that listen, I want to do that. Obviously, Kapokako fan club number one here. I, I, but I'll also say this: if you don't think there's room for the Rangers long term for a ten million dollar Jack Eichel and a Mika Zibanejad extension, yep. there sure isn't room for a ten million plus dollar Matthew Kachuk extension and a Mika extension. And I can't say this enough: um, Kapokako is underrated in NHL circles. Into where he didn't, I know he yeah, didn't put I, up the we points. We just saw Pavel Buchnevich got traded for a second round pick and a fucking bottom six forward. Right. And you're going to Ka- tell me people are going to properly evaluate the defensive season Kabokako had last they year? Are, they are not. And you should you should know that if they do trade Kabokako, the cost affordability of Kabokako over the next five years is so crucial to the Rangers winning a cup. It's almost hard for me to explain how crucial it is because he's going to get bridged. It is going to be cheap. It's going to be like $2 million. For like two years, it's it's a it's gonna be a whole thing with him, and they they have him to have him cheap as your first line right winger possibly is going to be a boon for a team that is going to want to compete clearly. And I I can that that is the the main reason among others as to why you would never do that trade, the financial reasons. All yeah, right. I just I, I I can't see a scenario in which the Rangers wrongly claim that they don't have money for Eichel and Zibanejad, but then all of a sudden have money for right. Kachuk right. and Zibanejad. That doesn't, because honestly, it would not surprise me if Kachuk gets more than Eichel just because of when Eichel signed his deal and the reputation Kachuk has in the NHL. Can I, just tell I would you, be legitimately surprised if he didn't get 10 and a half plus. Before we get to our, our guest, uh, is our guest ready by the way? Oh, I haven't texted him. I told him I texted him when we were ready. All right, sick. Um, I just don't know why there's a drum circle that comes out of my ha- outside of my house on Mondays when we record now. It's the only time of the week they come here. It's unbelievable. Do you think, it's, do you think it actually is Elaine Vigneault? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's end on that. Let's uh, transition over to our dear friend Drew Way. Transition. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest, the prospect guru expert and most recurring guest, maybe other than Shayna. Drew Way. Drew, how are you? Good, guys. How are you? Doing good. It was your weekend. It was the weekend of Drew in the draft. <laughs> and uh, we didn't expect to be have you on <laughs> at all. Uh, we were very adamant that there was no way they were going to pick. We, I said I would quit. I lied. So there's that. Uh, eat that crow. And the Rangers did pick, pick in the first round. I do have some questions about a lot that went down. Um, just, but before we get into any of that, I think it'd be remiss if I don't ask this. Um, scale of one to ten, your uh, your rating of the Butch Davis trade? Uh, zero. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was awful. 
Uh, there's no justification to it. I know you said before we start recording, you guys did 40 minutes on this already. Yes. I don't think I need to expand, but it was uh, even if I can get behind the mentality of why they traded it, the return still sucked. And it still represented terrible asset management. And that's all I have to say about that. For sure. Let's get into the draft a little bit um, from from a perspective of other teams before we get to the Rangers, because I don't want to spend too much time on the guys that went in like the fourth round and the fifth and seventh. Like Hank Kemp, is he the six, eight goalie or whatever? Big, strong, big body. Or, He's uh... not the six, eight goalie. No. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into it. I just know a lot of big bodies went out there. A lot of physical, tough grinding games, but was there anything in the first round that shocked you? That... Well, I guess out, outside of whatever the fuck Montreal thinks they're doing. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Sure. Yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell, let me just say one thing on the Montreal thing. Like, obviously, it's just stupid and heinous and undefensible. But, like, the worst part is, is, like, you know the way sports are. And it's, like, the sliding scale of, like, the, the better of a player you are, the more of a piece of shit you can be and teams will put up with it. And so, like, given that weird reality we live in, like, Logan Mayu wasn't even a first round talent in my opinion in fact even before i removed him from my rankings because of the story that came out about him i had him as a fringe second rounder so like it, with the way stupid hockey men work like you can i don't want to say you can understand but you could see if it was like alexei lafreniere you mean like tony d'angelo <laughs> no like like, it's like an alexei lafreniere like prospect caliber prospect Got that it. you'll take at the end of the first despite this like Again, still wrong, but you can kind of understand where they're coming from. But, like, this kid was, in my opinion, like a fringe second-round prospect that they reached for in the first, and then you get all this other bad After he so asked like, not to be drafted. Ah, it's just so After stupid. that's so, so yeah. silly. And now they're going to sign yeah. Tony, and they could be full of assholes. So whatever. Oh, I, don't, I think they already have. Uh, who's the player who a few years back, like, got in a lot of trouble because he, like, beat the crap out of his nanny or he was, like, sleep. Lord, if I know. I don't follow Montreal hockey that, that close. No, it's not Montreal. It's a, I think it was, like, a National Predator player. Um, some of the people listening are probably sitting there screaming at their phones. Oh, was, it, no. was it like Austin Watson? No, no, no. Watson was bad, but no, it was before it was like, ro- boy, the fact that we could name about seven different names yeah. and be like, Hey, was it that guy? <laughs> hey, this is, guy? What about the this guy I'm referring to now works for the Canadians, I believe. Okay, great. <laughs> Mark, Mark Bergevin. You mean <laughs> no, the guy no. who was in charge? Of allegedly, the allegedly. No slander, no slander. System in allegedly. Not getting sued. I mean, but, yeah, um, I was just stating a fact. He was with the Blackhawks organization yeah. in 2010. Yeah, that's that is a fact. nothing but a fact. Yeah, I mean, so to Greg's point, that that just that crap aside with Logan Mayu, I mean, the fact that the Senators drafted Tyler Boucher number 10, I thought was shocking. Like, literally, when that pick happened, I treated I tweeted out LMAOO with a laughing emoji just because like there was a rumor earlier in the day that the Rangers were considering Boucher at 15, 16, whatever you want to call the Rangers pick. And I was, like, furious. Like, this is ridiculous if the Rangers take him here. And, in fact, I don't know if it's his brother or his cousin, but someone supposedly related to Boucher but commented on me saying, I'm bookmarking this. And I saw he did it to a bunch of people. So he's going to be awfully disappointed in five years when he's got nothing to do with all those bookmarks. But, yeah, the fact that Tyler Boucher, who I think I had ranked in, like, the late 50s, went 10, like, that was crazy to me. Yeah, that uh, that's a guy – Where'd you have him ranked in the second round somewhere? Third? Yeah, late, like late second round. Yeah. Hey, that's just the physical grit thing that happens, right? And Ottawa's loaded with prospects, and maybe they're thinking the Chris Drury thing, like, hey, we have too much skill. 
no, no, no. Okay. This is this is what happens when you're stupid and you hire Pierre Maguire to allow a good kid making. that went to some high school where he had yeah, pancakes with his uh, friends. Are you telling me Brian Boucher's son, who you know Brian Boucher works for NBC Sports, doesn't get to tell Pierre Maguire just how special his son is? It's, yeah, and, and like I said, and the worst part is now, and one of Boucher's relatives, I think it's his cousin, is now going around bookmarking everyone talking well, shit about good, the pick. Good, good for the kid. I feel bad for the kid, but got to laugh at the senators in that kind of respect. Um, the senators legitimately had, like top to bottom, the worst draft by far I've ever seen in my time doing this prospect stuff. Canadians debacle aside, that's incredible. Good for them. Um, we get to. A situation where the Rangers are now at 16 and there are the two center prospects and then there is the number one ranked goalie in Wallstead, who I ended up talking myself into, which I'm sick about, uh, available to them. And they go with someone named Brennan Othman. How'd I do? Uh, yeah, you said that one right. Nice. And he's a left winger who could also play right wing. Quick shot. I know that we maybe overreacted because there were other other prospects available. I know he wasn't your best available at that at that spot, but you could see the logic behind it if I'm if I'm asking you straight up to just give me the facts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot like the Vitaly Kropstov pick back in 2018. And this draft actually is a lot like the Rangers draft in 2018, where in a vacuum, a, most of the picks they took were fine and perfectly justifiable. But there, you had two things going on. You had, they were in many instances, they were passing up clearly higher you know, more elite talent players for the guys they took. And then also you had a little bit of a snowballing effect where pick after pick, they were passing on these guys that the general Twitter and prospect community really liked. So it's like the anger was like building and building. And that, that's, that, that's prospect an- e- echo chamber a little bit, right? Cause that yeah, happens in baseball a lot of it. too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it. And it's, and it, what it is, is it's cause the, overwhelming majority of people reacting reacting angrily to this stuff on twitter are just they're they're reading me they're reading bob mckenzie they're reading all these you know these other people and so they're seeing a lot of the similar opinions so when all of a sudden something is very off the board from all these public lists that are out there you get this outrage but i mean to your question like brendan offman in a vacuum was a perfectly reasonable pick at 16 most lists that i saw had him rank anywhere from like 14 to 30 i had him ranked 23rd and on my third tier which goes 16 to 28 and as i always say like the tier is more important than the rank the way i view the tiers you can put them in any order within that tier and like i would never reach the lo- you know i would never reach to a different tier to draft for need but within a tier that's when you start to consider things like need and fit and all that and brennan Othman was perfectly fine pick there yes he's gritty and and people hear that he's like this gritty two-way-ish player and just assume oh like someone said to me oh you can get that in the second round well no he's legitimately a first round talent he's a good skater he's got a wicked wicked release he's got a relentless he's relentless on the forecheck he's a great you know a motor that never ends he's pretty smart he's a decent playmaker um the, uh, what i would compare him to is take zach hyman who is about to you know make six plus million a year and has been playing successfully on a line with austin matthews take zach hyman and give him a better shot and that sounds pretty and nice that, if i'm being yeah, honest yeah i mean it's like yeah like you know people always want like the highest highest upside person you can get but when you're talking middle of the first round if you're telling me that you just drafted zach hyman with a better shot like that's a good pick that said yeah i would have personally rather drafted Chaz lucius who's perhaps one of the best all-around well-rounded goal scorers in in the class or atu ratu who inexplicably dropped to the middle of the second round they went and had a 
four goal performance the first game after the draft or Fedor Svechkov, who won a couple ticks later. Well, uh, Drew, is this the part of the podcast where I ask you if it's just fucking outrageous? The Rangers kept this pick and took a winger. Uh, I mean, again, it's. I mean, you've said this in the past. Like you've always. I'm a I'm a, I'm a best player available guy for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, in my I, opinion, he wasn't the best player available on my board, but I'm going to assume he was the best player available on the Rangers board. And when, when Drury was talking afterwards, he tried claiming that like, no, 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 we don't like, we weren't reaching for size or grit or these factors. We were just going by a list, but it, but it's pretty clear by, especially some of the choices they made later on that their list was absolutely influenced by things like size and style of play and, and this and that. Okay. Offman at 16, like that's not, the pick that I'm going to be outraged by. Like, honestly, like he's, he's the type of player that five years from now probably be, probably will be a fan favorite. And very likely people aren't going to be crying about why didn't we take Chaz Lucius who I love, but he has a pretty bad injury history and is a spoiled brat. Like his parents made their own hockey team so he could play on it growing wow. up. So like there are like, there are, <laughs> that's exactly why Chris Jordan didn't draft him. Like that's yeah, the main reason. Certain- yeah, there are certainly reasons to why you talk yourself out of him. Where with Fedor Svechkov, he is playing for one of the richest KHL. He's in one of the richest KHL systems. And the worry with those players is always with, like, the guys that are part of, like, SKA and some of those richer teams out there that it's harder to get them to come over because those teams can pay him enough to stay over there for years. So, it's again, I would have taken Lucius or Svechkov, but there's actual logic behind the Brendan Offen pick. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, hey, they knocked it out of the park. This was a great pick, but it – it's not worth getting super upset over, if you get what I'm saying. I do. I do. Uh, the one player I really did talk to myself into, and I'm super against doing this, and maybe you can tell me I'm wrong, was Wallstead. I talked to myself. I was like, oh, their goalie prospects are pretty dried up. Igor, who knows, after the five years, if we give him a five-year deal, Wallstead will be available by then. He, when's the next time we're going to have a chance to draft a, a, a goalie of this caliber? Where does Wallstead rank on, like, I guess prospect goalies over the past couple of years, and I know first round goalies don't really do much unless they're in the, the Stanley Cup and they're carrying Price and Vasilevsky. Uh, I mean, honestly, Wall, Wallstead would have been a fine pick there too. I mean, he's an elite, elite goaltender prospect. Like, I'm very adamant, like don't take goalies in the first round unless they're just that special, and he is that special. He's every bit as good, if not better, than Spencer Knight. And um, I can't believe I'm blanking on the Russian kid from last year's name. Askar, Yaroslav Askarov. Like, right. he's every bit as good, if not better than them. Like, stylistically, he's Henrik Lundqvist, but taller. Like See, he, that, that makes me sick. I'm just going to throw it out there. I know it doesn't yeah, I mean, matter. He's, he's a, it's going to be a long time. Yeah, but it's that would have been a perfectly justifiable pick. And, like, the argument for it would have been the Tampa Bay Lightning model. When they took Andrew, you know, Andre Vasilevsky in the first round, they had Ben Bishop, who was at the time considered, like, a no-brainer, you know, number one goalie. Why would you go and take a goalie in the first round? And, you know, shit happens. And, <laughs> you know, one bad injury and, like, the goaltender position, like, you make a wrong split and you tear your groin bad enough and you're never the same again. Like, you know, one bad injury and you're, you know, you're just one bad injury away from needing that pick. So, like, you know, Wallstat, generally speaking, was largely considered a clear-cut top 10 prospect. So, if they would have taken him at 16, that would have been fine, too. Makes me sick a little bit. Greg? Yeah, I oh – boy, I don't know. Um, I, I Honestly, I'm so flabbergasted by the events in which the New York Rangers are in this position where they've traded Pavel Buchnevich essentially for a second-round pick. And they kept their first round pick in a year in which we thought the Rangers would be going for it. I guess I'll, I'll get I'll get down to blunt facts here 
Drew, you're our prospect guy. Mm-hmm. Is it irresponsible for the New York Rangers to not move one of Niels Lundqvist and Brain Schneider for a clear-cut top six center? Uh, I mean, it depends. So I saw the story, and from what I've been told from, again, I'm not you know nearly as well sourced a lot of these other people but i think it's it's pretty clear that all the news stories we've seen over the last day or two have all been purposely leaked for negotiation reasons my understanding is like the report made it seem like the rangers wouldn't trade lunquist or schneider one for one for eichel and that's asinine and that's not true what i've heard is it's a sliding scale and it's like every time Lundqvist or Schneider were sort of brought up as part of the package, the rest of the package drastically dropped to the point where it wasn't really reasonable. And I get that's in essence the same, but it is also two very different things. So it's not that they're off the table per se. It's just once they're put on the table, you take so much other off the table that it's not really realistic for Buffalo to do. Um, and it's just all the shit we've heard the last couple of days, like it's obvious all the camps involved, they're purposely leaking things for negotiating power. All of a sudden, 10 other teams are involved the in the mystery teams yeah, yeah like it, it's all bullshit and it's all part of the negotiation buffalo is clearly frustrated that they're that they're not getting the value they hope for eichel well maybe if you weren't such a coy little prick about his medicals people would up the ante a little bit right um but in a vacuum like i have no problem especially Braden schneider like including him in a trade package for jack eichel well, yeah if you told me right now that the offer was you know, one of Strom or Heedle plus Schneider plus our 2022 first plus, you know, Kraftsoff or another. I'm driving them all to Buffalo myself for Jack Eichel. Like I have no, I'm a big, you know, studs and duds like a build type. I will take the high end elite top 10 player in Jack Eichel and sacrifice a lot of this prospect depth that we've built up over the last few years. No questions asked. And I love Kraftsoff. I love some of these pieces but none of them are even remotely close to the impact that Jack Eichel could make. Um, and like, yeah, there, there's some risk with the neck injury. Well, that's why you might, you're probably going to be able to get him without including Kako. If, if Eichel had a perfectly clean bill of health and just put up a hundred point pace season last year, then you yeah, you to. know what? You are talking Kako and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's, again, I'm all for trading for him. And, but I, I think a lot of the stories that have been leaking the past two couple days are, clearly been leaked for a reason before do I, you think I well not, not to cut you off ryan mm-hmm. but you know i love doing it yep um <laughs> and while we're going on perfectly perfectly placed in time stories do we get the feeling then that the rangers or larry brooks the click cling coming out saying by the way the rangers have signed a swedish father who is good defensively and will look after niels lundquist ain't a coincidence that that got leaked today when we're talking about defensive prospects that the buffalo sabers may or may not be able to get from the new york rangers it's probably not a coincidence at all, but at the same time, like he was one of the guys where a lot like the analytics community have had circled a little while back. Like this, like if, if a team's looking for a depth, like left-handed defenseman, this is the guy you should be targeting for cheap. And it, it makes all the sense in the world for the Rangers to do that. And, and to be honest, like I, I, my fear, especially with some of the way that Drury's operated in the last couple of days, like I was pretty afraid that Drury, much like his predecessor, you know, JD, thought that Braden Schneider is a better prospect than Niels Lundqvist. And I know we have a couple of people here in particular um, that really, really love Braden Schneider that listen to this. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Braden Schneider is a very good prospect. He's not in the same fucking stratosphere as Niels Lundqvist in terms of the quality of prospect he is. And it seems based on, if we're going to go by the, 
the mentality that this is a conveniently timed story by Brooks, and I agree. Um, it seems that the Rangers clearly are saying we're planning on having Niels Lundqvist be our third pairing defenseman last year, and perhaps they're a little bit more willing to trade Braden Schneider, and and that's the right, that's objectively the right move. Niels Lundqvist is arguably the best defensive prospect in all of hockey. At worst, he's the second best. Who's the first best if it's not him? Probably Moritz Seider. Okay. Uh, I do want to follow up about Schneider, and you've said so many nice things. Last year you came on this podcast uh, and flamed him. Has he improved or decreased his prospect <laughs> status after the flaming of drafting him? I mean, listen, I, I think he's about the same. I mean, he's in the eyes of many, he's improved it because he went out. He had a very good – he had abbreviated season with the WHL. He was named the top defenseman in the WHL. He had a great campaign on the Canadian junior team. Um but personally, of all of my, you know, I've always said he's a good defenseman, but my fears are guys like him who are so reliant on their physical dominance sometimes struggle for that to translate to the NHL, at least at the level at which they've been able to succeed with it in the juniors. And that just, by the nature of the way he plays, that still exists. And I'm not going to be convinced otherwise until I see him do it in the AHL. Um, he's a very good prospect and he, he deserves to be highly regarded and deserves to be a piece that Buffalo wants in return for Eichel. But I just I just think it's objectively false to think that he is the same caliber prospect as Niels Lundqvist at this point. Boy, he is just the Ranger equivalent of Brett Beatty. I am 100% convinced, and Drew will never understand that reference. Drew, talk people. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. While we're on the baseball talk, I'm assuming that's a baseball player. Yes. I'm going to take I'm going to take a little pause in this and say, I'm assuming both of you guys watched Sandlot growing up, right? Yeah, sure did. Okay, so a little bit of a parent corner. The, the rail is here. So my, my three-year-old son, Declan, all of a sudden loves Sandlot. Um, he's been watching it nonstop for the last week. Do you guys remember the, the scene where, you know, Benny jumps over the fence, gets the ball from the Beast, jumps back, and then he realizes that Beast is top of the fence. Do you remember what Benny's reaction is? No, I do not. He just screams, oh, shit. And so ever since no! that happened, now De- <laughs> Declan just keeps going, oh, shit. And then so my wife and I would be like, no, no, Declan, you can't say shit. That's a bad word. He goes, no, I don't say shit. Benny says shit. The TV says shit. I don't say shit. And I'm trying to explain to him, like, are you saying that? You just said shit 15 times in that one <laughs> sentence. And he just keeps, I don't say shit. They said shit. I think you I have congratulations, to. Congratulations, just... Drew. You gave birth to a fucking lawyer. You also Way gave you, you also gave birth to a <laughs> podcaster in this case on this, for this podcast. That's for sure. Oh, uh, it's so. That, that he loves that, and he loves the scene where freaking Squint snakes a kiss from the lifeguard. I'm like, oh, no, this no, isn't going to yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> tell him not to do that in the 2020-plus uh, world. Uh, all I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> has not aged well. Also, don't eat no, gum no. out of baseball card decks. Probably shouldn't do that either. Uh, anyway, Drew, what I was going to ask before we went down this beautiful rabbit hole, uh, explain to listeners why it's probably a good thing that if Zach Jones is still within the Rangers – organization he gets to start the year in hartford playing top four minutes he's not really ready for the age he's not really ready for the nhl yet like yes like he he came up for a few games at the end of last year and played well but he also uh, that happens often with prospects we see where like they pop for a few games and then they kind of come back to earth a little bit as the league adjusts to them we kind of saw that with keandre miller honestly where he had like that great start to the season last year but trailed off big time towards the end of the year um, look at Brett Howden. That's like the number one example of what happens when you don't let a kid 
properly develop in the AHL who isn't quite ready to come to the NHL. They don't succeed, and then their confidence gets shot, and then everything spirals from there. And so um, I, I would always like, – and I get like you have a couple people out there that are, no, no, just bring the kids up immediately. Just throw them to the wolves in the NHL and let them learn that way. Like sure, some people might learn that way. Some people learn from being thrown to the deep end and say, okay, learn how to swim. A lot of people don't, and a lot of people get their confidence ruined by doing that. Kako, and man. very rarely, Kako's one of those people. yeah, very exactly, very rarely does someone lose their confidence by being asked to play in the AHL a little bit too long. But very often, do they lose their confidence if they're forced into an NHL role and then fail, and then it's hard to get them back. And so it's honestly, there I, I don't view there be any risk whatsoever. Put Zach Jones back to the AHL, you have better options. I'm sorry, Niels Lundqvist much better prospect than Zach Jones is as well. And I like Zach Jones a lot. Um, you know, it should be Lundqvist, uh, you know, uh, Lundqvist on the third pair next year, assuming everything goes well in training camp, stuff like that. Let Zach Jones develop a little bit more. And once he builds a little bit more strength, gets a little bit more of an over, you know, confidence in his overall game, then bring him up as needed. Drew, before we, we're going to do some five-star questions from our dear, dear Patreons. But before we do that, I kind of want to recap the rest of the draft and get your quick feelings on mm-hmm. some of the players. Do you want me to say their names? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go for it. This uh, is, I told you beforehand, yeah, I was going to especially asshole. make you say two of those. <laughs> yeah, so, so this is Jaden Gruby? Uh, close, Groob. Okay, Mr. But yeah, uh, McGruber. Yeah, I, I didn't like this pick. Um, I mean, he's a fine player. He, he was someone that came into the season and was projected to be like a second-round pick. And so, like – it would have been fine, but he blew out his ACL. And, and that's a big deal. And you can't just be like, well, if he never blew out his ACL, he would have been a second round pick, but he did. And not only did he blow out his ACL, um, but when you look at the draft board, like eight of the next 10 guys that went right after him, I all had ranked in the top 50, including you had Sasha Pastajoff went to Anaheim. The next pick, I had him ranked 18th overall. Oh my God. You had Sam, Samu Salminen who, if the argument was, well, we wanted a center there after taking a winger and Groob is a center, Samu Selminen also is a big six foot three center that I had ranked 46, but it's just a much better overall and skilled player. Um, then you had a very good defensive defenseman in Stanislav Svozil, who went, I had him ranked 36th. Simone Robertson, I had ranked 22nd. Anton Olsen, I had ranked 41st. <laughs> I believe yeah, and, and, But the, the point is, is I had like, the pick in, the, in, an, in and of itself, I didn't really like, even in a vacuum. But then when you compound it with the fact that multiple top 50 and also multiple top 25 talents went immediately following him. Um, so, sorry, I can't get behind that pick. That was probably their worst pick of the draft or, or the second worst pick of the draft, if you're asking me. They go next in their 10 picks later in 75. They pick Ryder Krozak. Uh, yeah, Ryder Krozak. This was a great pick. They traded up to get him, and this was swinging on talent. With Groob, they took a big defensively reliable center and cue all the bullshit rhetoric that Chris Drury and co. have been spitting all offseason. Ryder Korzak is a highly skilled, smallish center who I had ranked, uh, I want to say, about 50 or so or, or 48th, and this was a phenomenal, even trading up to get him, a phenomenal pick in my mind, taking him at 75, clear A grade in terms of uh, this player here. Um, he had a phenomenal D1 season, came into the season widely regarded as a first-round player. 
didn't he, and he struggled this year but again like the circumstances of this year you can't really blame a kid for struggling a little bit but when you watch him the thing that jumps off the, the page or that jumps off the screen is he's a fantastic puck handler and he's so deceptive with a puck on his stick he's a decent skater um good passer um and just and he actually has a pretty good two-way game too so even if you're looking from the drury lens if i want a good two-way player too he's got all the the traits to allow himself to be a good two-way player so even if his lack of offensive production this year ends up being more of the norm he still has enough other traits that should allow him to be a capable nhl player for years uh drew it sounds like your mic went off there for a well, like we're gonna actually cut this part no i'll cut it out do you want me to i'll keep it in i don't, I don't get it so yeah, Brett, you're, you're, you're the maestro Brett Beatty. is that better i think so yeah try one more time yeah nice you guys hear me okay now yeah that's sure good. yep all right so all right, cool. brody lamb is where we were people had a conniption yeah yeah, I mean, he's as highly skilled, but high upside, high, you know, reward, high upside, high risk. Uh, just as likely he will never be an NHL player as there is that he'll be an impactful NHL player. Um, but the kind of upside swing you like to take in the fourth round, I will say there were some better options on the board still. And so I don't think this is like quite the slam dunk that some people make it out to be. But the kids got fantastic highlight reels playing against other high schoolers. Um, he did struggle though, once he went to the USHL for a cup of coffee at the end of the season, but it's a very good pick in the fourth round. I'd probably rate this like an A minus pick in the fourth round. Awesome. Just to, to call it up here. There's a couple more players here that were taken. Kaylee Vanisenin. Good. Taylor. Taylor. Spokio. Kale Vaisenin. Nice. Yeah. Um, and this is your typical, like, uh, you watch him one game, he looks really good. Watch him the next game, you don't even notice him. Perfectly fine pick to take in the fourth round. Has has some traits that you like. Is a pretty good playmaker. Is a decent skater, considering the fact that he's six foot four. Um, but, you know, typical fourth round pick. Probably won't make the NHL, but is a fine flyer to take. There was one more goalie taken, and is there anybody else you want to you want to talk about from the the rounds four, five, and seven here? Yeah, so the goal the goalie pick was terrible. That's the worst pick in the class, especially when you look at some of the people that were still available, including two of my Ty Smith Memorial Trophy finalists, Woo! Red Savage and Sean Chagall, were still on the board at that pick, and instead we took a six foot eight goalie who barely has a ninety save percentage in his career in juniors. Um, but I want you to now pronounce the name of the fifth round pick. Uh, that is Jaroslava Chamirlar. Chamirlar. <laughs> yeah, so I actually had to listen to this like 15 times on Elite Prospects to try to get an understanding of how this is supposed to be said. I think it's Yaroslav Melosh. Cool. There's a CH there, Drew. Um, <laughs> before, uh, we're going to get to some five star questions if you want to stick around, or otherwise, you have to go be a dad. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I've got, I hear my son from upstairs yelling that he's got to go to bed now. So I'm going to, I'll let you guys tackle the five star. It's oh shit o'clock. I respect it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Can't, can't thank you enough, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Guys. Thanks so much for having me on as always. Talk to you soon. Thanks buddy. All right, Drew. Uh, sorry, Greg, we're going to just keep recording. I'm not even stopping. Oh, Hey, what up? We're going we're gonna to go to five-star questions. If you want to leave a five-star question, you can leave them in our five-star question channel on Discord. How do you get to the Discord? You go to patreon.com slash Breakaway, where you can join us and talk to us, chit-chat with us all day long. And all dear Ranger fans, patreon.com slash Breakaway. Let's go to the first question. Uh, 
Hey Future, this is from McBearcat75. Let's just say McBearcat. Hey Future, Ryan Mead, and Hey Future, Greg Kaplan. It's 4-11 right now on the day of the draft, and Butch got traded without any other info. How are you feeling at this brief moment, and do you laugh at, at what you felt knowing what you know now? No, we didn't laugh, and we talked about it for 40 minutes. <laughs> We did cry. If, if anything, if anything, we feel worse. Uh, Just Gypsy asks, "What did we do to deserve this pain?" Touched ourselves. Next. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a sin. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, this is Chris from Florida. Capacaco phrase B twenty four. What's the timeline in the package for the Eichel trade? Fuck if we know. <laughs> do, <laughs> do you think the Rangers go in a different direction or now or commute or continuating a Buffalo? I, listen, we've been wrong before. We didn't think they're making the draft pick. We thought it'd be happening yep. by Friday. I would yep. say it has to be done by Wednesday, but hell, all, I've, all I don't know what I'm else saying to say is I've been consistent from the jump, Ryan, that Chris Bryant was getting traded first. You have been. I will say that. Speaking of which, uh, David, should the Mets trade for Harvey since it would cost nothing? God, no. Okay. Uh, Adam Kopelik. I think I said that right. I'm sorry. Uh, so, something may please happen on a Monday night, but regardless, would you have, uh, would you have, have to happen what would happen happen for Drury to get an A plus this season in the off season or as close as possible? There you go. I, well, that's that's the thing, and I I, I I don't know if we did a great job making this clear in the day that it happened and earlier on this podcast, but I think it's worth saying again right now. Even if the Rangers had traded for Jack Eichel twenty five minutes after the Buchnevich trade was done, it still doesn't defend how bad the Rangers did in the Buchnevich trade, right? Like, nope. we could have we could have understood the long-term goal and said, at the end of the day, the New York Rangers definitely improved by getting Jack Eichel for much less than we thought they would. But at the same time, like, the Buchnevich trade, independent of everything else, it's horrible asset management of Buchnevich. And it doesn't matter if it really, because again, like, you have to understand that the people that will, that'll hear this part of the podcast and just yell at us and say, but we got Jack Eichel. What does it matter what we got for Pavel Buchnevich? It matters because you should have done better there and you still could have gotten Jack Eichel. Like it, they don't have to be reliant on each other, especially if they're not getting traded for each they other. They are independent. There's just no reason. Yeah, there's just no reason the Rangers couldn't have gotten a first round pick for Pavel Buchnevich, which means even if they end up one day with Jack Eichel and they use the second round pick that they got from St. Louis in order to get Jack Eichel, it doesn't justify the Buchnevich trade. We at least would understand the reasoning behind the Buchnevich trade, but that return is still bad. So even if I think there's no way for Drury to get an A plus this offseason. No way. I think there are ways for him to finish with a grade from like 90 to 95, obviously. But no, the, the Buchnevich trade is so bad that there's no way he can score above a 95 in my mind, this offseason. And honestly, the way things have gone so far, the Eichel trade will have to blow my socks off for it to be above 90. It has to be real cheap. Really cheap. Yeah, because yeah, again, like if it's not Eichel, and we, we, I, we got really angry about this before, if you're just going to give Dano money, that's but then not good. But that's your team. But that's what you're going to war with. That's what I'm saying. And not just not just that's what you're going to war with. That's what you're going to war with for the next three-plus years. That's your window. Like, the, like this is how yeah, you're trying Rangers, to win a championship. The last missing piece when you really think about this Ranger team is whatever they want to do at the second center position. Everything else is kind of here for the long term. It's in place. Lafreniere's not going anywhere. Kako's not going anywhere. Panarin's not going anywhere. They've made it clear Zibanejad's not going anywhere. Ryder can't go Ryder anywhere. can't go anywhere. Truba can't go anywhere. Fox isn't going to go anywhere. Lindgren isn't going to go anywhere. 
one of Lundquist or Schneider isn't going to go anywhere. Keandre Miller's not going to go anywhere. Igor Shosturkin, probably not going to go anywhere. Like, the New York Rangers, this is going to be the team for the next three-plus years at least. So they have to get this other center. They have to get it right. And if they get it wrong, that's it. This is it. That's this it. Is it. Like this, this is the team that the Rangers have decided this is going to be good enough to get us to a Stanley Cup you're, final. You're looking at the second St- uh, Sidney Crosby era of, of hockey when Sidney Crosby and Malkin were in like their second prime, you know, when they, after they won the first cup and then they got, you have to build around them again. And that's with Lafreniere and Kako. And you have to hope that they become Malkin and Lafreniere and, and Sidney Crosby, which yeah, is the just, difference is Sid Crosby and Malkin are centers. They're both centers. Yes. That's a big deal. Uh, all right, this is from Chris in Norway. What do you think the package for Dylan Larkin looks like, and is he good enough to upgrade from Strom at that price? Maybe it's time to seriously look at a cheaper options at sea. I have heard Dylan Larkin's name from some people I trust. I think the Rangers looked, but you'll never know what the price is because Iserman is a wizard, and he doesn't talk about anything. Yeah, and then Eisman comes out and says, you're going to have to ask Carolina what the fuck they were thinking. Honestly, that this, was a That was such trade. a baller move, to be honest. <laughs> Incredible. Again, like they're, they're, if, if Steve Eisenman or the Tampa Bay Rays call me and they're being like, hey, man, that 2013 Honda Fit you're driving, we're really interested. I'd be like, cool, thank you, but it's not for sale. I'd hang up the phone and immediately be like, is why it? is this why car is my worth Honda $5 Fit million? Worth so much? <laughs> yeah, like what, what have you done, Honda Fit, that you are worth so much money to these really smart people? Like, that's why people, understandably, listen, it was Tommy Hunter who's injured for the entire year and a fourth-round catcher that was only a fourth-round catcher because Brody Van Wagenen made it clear he just wanted to pay two people and just took whatever else was available and gave him the minimum wage. But at the same time, I don't know what Matt Dyer is going to become, but I'm sure the Rays value him more than the Mets ever did, and that fucking scares me when they were very clear that they just didn't want Rich Hill anymore because the young guys were just ready. So, like, here's this 41-year-old pitcher who's two years older than your manager and six years older than your pitching coach, and you can have him every five days. He'll probably get injured, but enjoy. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, okay, so why are you going for Matt Dyer, who's got a 258 ISO, has hit as many home runs as he's stolen bases they see as a catcher. You know they do. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> They're sick they, he's, like, he's going to be Mike, Z- Mike Zanino who can get 20 stolen bases in a year? That's fucked up. Yeah. If the Mets had that, I'd prefer to just have that. <laughs> <laughs> but they have Francisco Alvarez. You're okay. Um, so uh, this is from Ru- Ruby, Robbie, uh, which I'm one of them. Uh, on the latest 31 Thoughts episode with Elliot Friedman, he said that hockey is the hardest major sport to get better at because limited ice time, among other things. Do you guys agree? Yes very hardcore on this because you can go out and play basketball every single day at your local court. You can, there there's, if you live in a city, there's tons of courts to play at there. You can play soccer anywhere. It's hard to play. It's hard to get a baseball game together, but at least you can go to the batting cages. You can simulate these things. It's See, ha- no, I, I, I disagree. I think it's as easy to skate around on roller skates in your driveway. And while you're not physically on the ice, you're at least mimicking the routines enough. I don't, I would still say baseball. It's just baseball to get better at, at a lot of the things is one impossible to do on your own. Like if you want to improve your fielding, that's fair. Are you just going to catch like shadow baseballs and throw shadow baseballs? Like you need someone with you in order to get better at baseball. Whereas in hockey, you can work on individual traits a little bit more on your own. And also I just, I'm not downplaying how hard it is to be a hockey player, how hard it is to fucking just skate backwards full stop. Right. But 
The hardest thing to do in any professional sport is differentiate between a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and an 83-mile-an-hour curveball when you only have, you know, less than half a second in reaction. I would say stopping I, a 130-mile-per-hour puck at your face sometimes is pretty hard. Just saying. Yeah, but at the same time, all you have to do is have your face <laughs> in front of the fucking puck. Like, if you, as long as you're wearing a mask, you're good. You just have to be in the right spot. Whereas, like, I, I, to this day, I don't know how people hit baseball. One thing I want to, I want to extend on, on Rubby here is I do think that we may, we don't make enough of practice time. And the fact that Kako and Lafreniere got limited practice, practice time in their, in their rookie years because of COVID, because of the pandemic and because of, uh, other circumstances, I really think affected their outcomes. And, and we practice is really important and I I cannot uh, explain how important it is. There is no sport more expensive than hockey. That's the only sport probably more expensive than hockey is golf. Uh, but so like, from that, oh, well, horse is it really a sport? You're riding a horse and you're hitting a ball. I think it's Olympics. Are we really going to call that a sport? I don't know. I've yeah, I don't see it. Is it in the Olympics? Is polo, water polo? No, they took the wrestling Olympics. out, which is so weird. Anyway. Yeah, like polo is not in the Olympics. So I don't believe it's a sport. Skateboarding, fucking sport. Polo, not a sport. Fine. Uh, the last... Two questions also, here from two fucking thirteen-year-olds. One sick, get, right? Skate, see, here we go. Skateboarding, <laughs> not a sport. If thirteen-year-olds are the best in the world, that can't be a sport. No, that's just my be. only rule. It can't be. No, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, I'm out. David Orion H. Uh, or I don't know why I said David. I don't know if your name is David first. D Orion H. Summer of anything is possible. Is it time to circle back on Pedersen? I wish it was. It is not. They will match any sheet, and they will not trade him. They've been very clear about that. Also, I what. What has what has Chris Jerry done to prove to you that he's got the balls to do that? Yeah, that's true too. Uh, final question from legendary supporter Matty Jack. Hey Ryan and Greg, big fan of the show. Quick question: What the fuck? Good point. Hmm. That's true. a good question. It's true. It's true. That's a good question. I, uh, I fuck fuck if I know. I, it yeah. seems to be like my go-to answer. It is just hell of a show. Uh, I just I did you expect Drury to flub this badly? No. On his first two big moves. No. No, because like, we like we I, we didn't I love the, the six years, but I think people would have critic like some people would have chirped us being like you guys are being a little bit too forgiving, more forgiving than you probably would have been if this was anybody else had they given Barclay Goodrow a six year deal. The five and six then, years like, are like inexcusable. It's very hard to get behind, but I could kind of see why he did it. I could see the vision. I could see the player being important enough where you need to make it worth his while to come to New York as opposed to going somewhere else where he has a very much better path towards another championship than he would in New York. So I, I, I understand it from a, you need to make it worth his while standpoint, the, the boots damage trade again, it, it independent of how much I like the player. It's just fucking terrible asset management. I I've never seen asset management that badly. And again, it would be one thing, right? Cause Victor Arvidsson, we had a hard time when the predators traded him and only got a second and a third in return. And we were like, that seems fucking weird, but maybe that's just because people aren't getting traded. So, like, if every trade was just Victor Arvidsson getting a second and a third, we'd probably look at the Buchnevich trade and go, "All right, just you know, the value just isn't there." And that's just the market. That's but... what it is. It is what it is. But Rasmus Ristolainen happens. Seth Jones happens. Seth Jones extension happens. Whatever the fuck the Arizona Coyotes have been doing recently happens, and it's just like. All these other teams took advantage of dumb teams. And then it looked like the Rangers got taken advantage of, which I didn't think would happen. And they did. Um, And speaking of taking advantage of, we'll talk about 
uh, the UFA and see if any if the Rangers try and sign and get get haggled into signing Denal, well, uh, Denal, Dano, uh, or any other UFAs on Wednesday. Any sign any more um, bottom line wingers? Maybe they trade for Adam Reeves. Maybe they sign they sign Jason Martinook. Who knows what is going on? We'll do that all on BSBOT uh, on Wednesday. Is night. there is there a different Martinook, or did you mean Jordan? Did I say Jason? I'm sorry. Sure I'm did. So, I'm so sorry, Jordan. My apologies. I know he listens. Big fan. Okay, we'll be we'll be back Wednesday night on BSBOT. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, I want to thank our supporters real quick, so let's do that. And as always, I want to thank our deep NHL insiders chat, who I've been keeping in touch with over the past insane week, who keep our podcast going, who we chat the deep, dark secrets of New York Rangers rumors together on our Patreon. And these people, these good people keep it going. Adam Cohen, Alex Gardner. Amber Cohensberger, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Brian Doyle, Broadway, Blue Shirt, Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Selwagon, David Aaron, and David Siegel, Dennis Dykes, Eric Stagg, George Rinsky, Gib Gartner, a cup, Jake Berkowitz, Jarian Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, Joshua Zarkin, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazik Bronkonski, Matthew Kind, Pavel Kodrev, Ryan, not me, of course, Stephen Lomayer, which I always mess up. Stig Bull from also Swingard, the Drop BK, Tommy O'Neill, the legendary toy from Manhattan, Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. We would not be here without you. It's very true. I'm not lying. We wouldn't. And uh, thank you for keeping the insider chat fun, lively, and of course, full of, full of deep, 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 deep secrets. We'll be back on OT later this week when free agency opens on Wednesday night. You can hear from us on Patreon. Where else? Ryan, you're selling out. It's for the people. It's for the good people. We love you. We'll be back. Bye.